you will be helped this morning to hear God. If you will look in his word now, take a Bible, turn to the Gospel of John. The preaching text is the first five verses of the first chapter of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Without any preliminaries, let me say that this is the first of four messages on these 18 verses at the beginning of John's Gospel during Advent. And today we're focusing on the first five verses. And I think the main thrust of these five verses can be gotten at most effectively by reading them backwards, or at least for me to deal with them in reverse. And so I'm going to direct your attention first to verse 5. And uh, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I know that some of your versions, the NIV, the NASB, say has not understood it, comprehended it. I think the RSV, overcome it, is better for this reason. It can be translated, understood, or comprehended, or apprehended, or overtake, or overcome. The one other place in this gospel where this Greek word is used is in John 12, verse 35. And the parallel is so close that it would take extraordinary contextual constraints on me to give it a different meaning that it has in that verse. And that verse says... Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you, overcome you. The threat is that if you don't walk in the light, you'll be swallowed up and overcome by the darkness. That's the only other place the word is used in the gospel. Therefore, I think it ought to have that meaning here. The reason that many translations don't give it that meaning is to make it parallel with verse 10, where it says, the world did not know him. And verse 11 at the end, where it says his own did not receive him. And it sounds right to say in verse 5, the darkness did not understand him. That's a, that's a good contextual observation. I don't think it overweighs the use of the word. So that's the reason I'm taking it as overcome. I think maybe, and this is what I'm sure many, many scholars would say, John uses words with double meanings. This, this gospel is deceptively simple. It is simple on the grammatical, structural level. It is profound and complex at the thought level. And so it could well be that he wants us to have this difficulty at this point and wants us to think both thoughts. Namely, the darkness not only did not understand and grasp the light, but it could not, in its misunderstanding, in any way put out the light or overcome it. So the first meaning now, the thing you could label for verse 5 is the light is invincible. It will triumph. The darkness will not overcome the light. Now, what is the light and what is the darkness? 
Jesus is the light. John 8.12 says, I am the light of the world. And so we know that when it says the light shines in the darkness, what it really means in the full gospel implication is Jesus has come into the world, radiant with the light of God, and he is dispelling the darkness of sin and judgment and death and hell. The meaning of darkness comes out best in John 3.19. It says, this is judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Darkness is the power of evil that causes men to love darkness and to run away from light and goodness. And so the point of verse 5 is light has penetrated dark. Jesus had come, brought the light of God, and it will not, he will not be overcome. And that's tremendously important for you and me because not only is it a statement about the victory of Jesus, it's a statement about your victory and my victory. Because it says in John 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. In other words, when you believe in Jesus, you don't just leave the dark and come into the light. You become light, chips off the old block, as it were. In fact, Paul said in Ephesians 5, 8, once you were darkness, were darkness, you were part of the darkness, part of the problem we were. But now you are light, not just in the light. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children, offspring, sparks of the light. And so when this verse 5 says, the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it, we are the ones who become invincible when we join ourselves to the light. That is, as John says, when we believe in the light. And so this is extremely personally relevant this morning for us, especially in America where it looks like more and more darkness is just going to engulf us. You can just read your newspapers morning, noon, and night, as it were, and feel like the darkness is gaining ground. But I will swear by the authority of God's Word on the basis of verse 5, the light has shone into America into your hearts and my heart, and the darkness will not overcome it. There may be tactical victories of the powers of darkness in the world, but they will not triumph in the end. The light will triumph. That's the point of verse 5. Now, the big question is, how do we know that? What are the assurances and evidences that in a world like ours, this will be the case, that light will triumph? And not darkness. And I think that's what verses 1 through 4 are given to us to answer. Answer number 1, as I'm going to read backwards, comes in verse 4. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life was the light. Now think about that with me. The life was the light. How does that argue for the triumph of the light over darkness? The light is life. The life was light. It does so in this way, I think. It says that this light is not a static 
dead thing like a lamppost that a person could shoot out with a gun or throw a, a blanket over or a, uh, a lighthouse sitting on the sea just kind of standing there. And if you happen to be coming to the sea further down the coast, you crash. This is a living light. It is life, which means at least four things. It's got energy and power. Second, this light, because it is life, has purpose and motion. It's not like a lamppost. It's like a light that moves. It's like the wind that blows where it wills. It shines now here and now there. You don't know where it might break out. And when it shines, it just spreads and expands. And that's the third thing. It's, it's living and therefore it grows. It shines up and uh, it's not like these lights that blow around, you know, downtown Minneapolis when they have special things and they go all over and they sort of just seem to peter out about a thousand feet up. The light of God grows with the dynamic of God's life and just keeps on going out, out, out until it fills all things. And the fourth reason I think this life idea makes light invincible is because it begets offspring. Life begets life. John 12:36 says, "Believe in the light that you may become sons of the light." And so the light won't be overcome because it is multiplying itself. Little lights are being born everywhere and the lights are spreading and shining. And so I think when it says in verse 4 that in him was life and that life was the light of men. It means that the light is a living thing and therefore will not be conquered. But I can imagine somebody saying, well, it might be. I mean, just because it's life, living, doesn't mean it's going to win because maybe the powers of darkness are stronger than the life of light. And that raises a question that I believe John answers in verse 3. And gives his second reason for why light will triumph. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Now, who is the him? The him is the one through whom all things were made. And those all things include the powers of darkness. And therefore... The maker is stronger than the maid. But I can, I can imagine somebody saying, mm, mm, not always. What about the atom bomb? Couldn't the atom bomb just blow its maker up? In fact, just end mankind? Mankind creates something that is stronger than him and wipes him out. So just because... The life was the maker of the powers of darkness. Doesn't prove they are weaker. And be careful here. That kind of reasoning is very wrong for this reason. There is an infinite difference between the making of a bomb out of materials that already exist according to laws that you didn't write and can't control and, on the other hand, the creating of materials out of nothing and writing the laws yourself. There's infinite difference between those two things. And it's the latter. 
that's being spoken about in here. All things were made through this life. Therefore, the maker is stronger than the made because if you make something out of nothing, you can always send that something back into nothingness. It never gains a godlike status of its own. You are God if you can make something out of nothing. And therefore, God reigns. And the one through whom all things were made, including the powers of darkness, reigns. And that life will, therefore, triumph. It cannot be overcome by the darkness. And you know, the powers of darkness know this. This is an exciting thing to me. Did you know that the devils know they can't win? And the reason I know that is because in Matthew 8.29, Jesus approached the Gadarene demoniacs and they said, What do you have to do with us, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Have you come to torment us before the time? Before what time? Before the time appointed for the torment. Before the time that they know is coming for their consignment to everlasting hell. The devils know they cannot win. And we ought to know no less than the devils. One last reason is given for why light will triumph. And it's given now in verse 1. Namely, in the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, the Word through whom all things were made, in whom is life, which is the light, that cannot be overcome, that light, that life, that Word is God. The most ultimate thing you could say to assure victory. When it says the word was with God, it means that they are distinct persons and can fellowship with one another. They are with one another. But when it says the word was God, my little hand motions here become wholly inadequate. When it says the word was God, It means that they are not two gods. They are one God. We are not polytheists or tritheists. We are monotheists as Christians. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is God. And there is one God in three persons. And we simply embrace the biblical mystery That in the Godhead, there is enough unity that you may not describe God as more than one. And there is enough diversity that you may not deny the existence of three persons. That's the Christian standpoint, the biblical standpoint. There is one God, yet there are in one God three persons. Now, rather than being entangled in 
metaphysical disputes about that, John drives it straight to a practical point. Namely, the light will not be overcome in the darkness. The three reasons. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Therefore, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, does not, cannot, and will not to all eternity Overcome the light, and therefore in this Advent season, be of good courage. In the world, you will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world, says the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me bring it right down to that relevant connection between you and the light again. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become children of the light. Are you a child of the light? Is the key question as you leave this morning. Are you a child of the light? Have you so united yourself to Christ by faith that his light has flowed into you and you now by faith walk in the light and are an extension of the very light of God? If you are not, this verse is no assurance to you. This verse says the darkness will not overcome the light. But if you don't believe in Jesus, then you're a part of the darkness. And so I simply beseech you, believe in the light that you might be a child of the light. Let's pray. Oh, Father, as we close now, I simply beg that you would come and touch every heart. Lord, Fill us with your spirit, I pray. Grant unbelievers who have come among us to see the beauty of the light, to see the life of the light, to see the creative power of the light, to see the godhood of the light, and to believe in the light and become a child of the light. We all ask it together, Lord, who know the light for the glory of your name and for the good of us all through Christ. And all the people said, Amen.